Welcome to episode 54 of the Wasting Time podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, and I'm here with Nick. How are you doing, Nick? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. This this unusual year is, is wrapping up, um, which I think yeah. everyone's pleased about. Last episode, or second, second last episode. Yeah, I, I guess this is kind of our last regular kind of episode, you know, in the in the usual format that we do them. Yeah, because we've got a Christmas special coming, right? Yes. Uh, so listeners, please look out for that, which we'll, we'll be releasing, well, shortly after this one, I suppose, all being well. Yeah, no, how's things been with you? You been listening to anything of, of note recently? I haven't, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. This, I don't know if it's the time of year or just hasn't been too much in the way of new releases. Or I'm just just. Oh come not. on, man! What about um, Goldfinger? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, what, I did. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, it was good. It's good. I I need to go back to it. Um, it was a very brief listen, but yeah, I mean, he's such a solid songwriter. I mean, he's not bringing anything new to the table. He, I guess he never will, but it's just always a good listen, isn't it? You know. Yeah. But, it's. It's very similar to the to the last album from a yeah. couple of years ago, I think. Uh, but I like that, so I'm not complaining. I love that Mike Carrera is singing more on this one. That's yeah, cool. yeah. I mean, it it'd be it would be foolish to not um, make use of of Mike more on a on a Goldfinger record, right? Yeah, Just a, yeah. A voice and... yeah. There was also, I think, I think both both Fire Pure Noise. There was there was Red City Radio put an album out and Less Than Jake. Uh, both of which I haven't really spent much time with. Don't know if you've had okay. any chance. Um, I've heard the Less Than Jake track. Is it an album? Or I've heard, definitely heard a new track from Less Than Jake. Yeah, really uh, good. no, it's an album. They've um, okay. And they they they'd released about three new songs in the build up to it, but the album came right. out on um, just last week. Cool. I haven't listened to the album, but yeah, definitely heard a couple of a couple of tracks which which I did did enjoy. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. Vinny Vinny brought out. Um, a new record, didn't he, with I Am the Avalanche? He did. Dive. I feel like we I feel like we've spoken Is it while about on the show. Maybe we have, maybe we haven't. Have you listened to it? No, not really. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a huge I'm not a huge Terrible. I Am the Avalanche guy. I, I'm, I'm not, but I still listen to it, you know. Okay. What did you think? Show one of our previous guests some, you know, some respect. <laughs> well it's technically two because uh, Rob Hitt put it out as well. Oh, that's yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah so I, I uh, like yourself, I'm not, not a huge I am the Avalanche. Fan, but yeah, it's decent enough. I see, Young Blood's uh, gone straight to the top of the the UK charts with his oh, new album this week. Has he really? I s- okay. I saw him on um, what did I see him on the Channel Four News being interviewed by uh, Christian Guru Murphy. Oh, really? <laughs> How was that? Which is um, yeah, I mean, bizarre. He's done very well for himself. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I think it's cool to see kids listening to music like that. Um, you know, I wouldn't say he's particularly my cup of tea but i think he's got a few decent songs and i did see um he did see this afternoon that the starting line have announced some um some sh- some live stream shows for the new year they're live oh, streaming yes. yeah, um, yeah, yeah each of their their albums i don't know if there's how many how many album full lengths did they do they're doing three uh, three live streams anyway the okay, best okay. of me one the um what's the other one is it photographs yeah, it's got like a song that. called yeah. Photographs, and then there was another album called Direction. Direction, that was it. What was the second record called? That was the one with like bedroom talk on and stuff, was it? Based on a true story. We had a, cu- a couple of artists who who wanted us to give them a shout of, of their tracks. Oh, okay, we played them on the show before, but there's Hell's Ditch, who are kind of they're Lincoln based. Because I know um, the, uh, one of the members, Chris, a little bit. Um, 
I, I did like their um, that first track, um, Vacant Hearts. These vacant hearts. Yeah, so we we previously played their song, Vacant Hearts, and they've got a new one called Likes of Us, which has got a great great chorus, great tag on the end of the song. But here's a here's a little clip of it now. around a few years from from Worcester um they've got a catchy new song it's called Downside Up I don't know if you've heard that yet Nick but if you haven't I'm about to here you go Yeah, just want to thank thank both um, Project Revise and um, Hell's Ditch. It's good to have um, some decent British music out there. Um, so f- thanks to them for reaching out and thanks for listening to the show. But uh, should we get on with today's guest, you think, Nick? Let's do it, yeah. Uh, so today we are chatting to Kyle Kilday, who is currently making a documentary called The Last Scene. And it's kind of, basically, if, if, if you listen to our show, it's about the kind of music we cover effectively and you know kind of focuses on music at the turn of the century but it's kind of includes late 90s as well because um, Kyle grew up on all this stuff and was involved in the scene and uh, you know he, he works in TV so he's kind of had the idea to put this documentary together and he's spoken to lots of big you know art big artists within this this world already and um, like will Obviously, you can hear all about it here, and we'll we'll be we'll link to this in our show notes as well. Um, anything you want to add to that, Nick, or just crack on? No, no, let's go for it. Cool. All right, so here it is. Before we get into kind of your journey, do you maybe just want to set a bit of context for some of our listeners in terms of what the last scene doc is? I guess really. Yeah, sure. So uh, it's basically a it's a music doc about well, obviously about um, it kind of focuses on that wave of. Uh, like pop punk emo post-hardcore like you know whatever the terminology you want to use um bands that kind of came up uh mostly in the u.s uh in like the late 90s early 2000s and it was kind of the the whole premise is they were kind of that last group of bands that had a foot in like both worlds like the old like analog you know, old school way doing things and then what became like the new way with the explosion of like the internet and, mm. you know, MySpace, MP3.com, like all that stuff and just kind of how the industry kind of changed around them. And, uh, you know, so it kind of posits the question like, kind of like, what is a scene? Like, what makes a scene? Uh, was this kind of like the last version of kind of yeah. like 
what you would consider a scene. Because then once everything gets out there on the internet, and also another key component, of course, is that they, you know, they like ended up getting huge, like mainstream, uh, with you know, like bands like My Chem and uh, Fall Out Boy, and you know, bands like that. So, and then they were on TV and like in, in movies and whatever. So it was like the cat kind of like let out of the bag, and then now things are just different kind of thing. So you know, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of. In a nutshell, the uh, nice. the pitch, the elevator pitch. Cool. I guess a lot of our guests are coming from um, from that scene as well. So we we definitely touched on those kind of conversations in terms of kind of the transition transition of the industry and kind of navigating kind of their way through the the new world out of the old world. I guess really. When I first heard about it, I was just I've been kind of watching your journey ever since since it's kind of been out there. And uh, it, it's really cool to have you on our show now because I've heard you on so many podcasts that I listen to, you know, like yeah, from our great. sort of punk podcast community, you know, so so it's kind of so, cool to get this time with you for ourselves. Yeah, I mean, what's your background kind of pre-documentary then, Kyle? I mean, um, yeah, I mean, do you have, a, I assume, a background in film or kind of you, what was your kind of growing yeah. up introduction, education kind of background, I guess? Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Connecticut and New England. Uh, and, uh, I, uh, I was into music, um, from a young age, I started playing piano, I was like four and, uh, and then I kind of taught myself guitar. Well, I was, uh, I played alto sax and like band and stuff like that, like in middle school, like marching band. And then I taught myself guitar, like in like eighth grade. And then, which I know there's a difference. So when I was like, you know, like 14, like 13, 14. And, um, and then I started a band. I wanted to be in a band and, uh, I had my own band for like a little while. And then, uh, when I went to college, though, was, uh, I went to college in Boston and then that's where I kind of really got into like the underground thing, like the punk thing. There was like a, yeah. there was an awesome, like hardcore scene there at the time. And like, kind of like, uh, like a Scott punk thing was still going on. Um, so my friend and I would just go to shows every weekend um kind of like around like around boston and uh and it 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 just kind of it was one of those things and i've heard other people that have interviewed kind of say it this way it's you know when i like i asked them like oh well like what attracted you to it you know blah blah it's like it's 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 not a conscious thing it's like it's just like what you wanted to do and then you just if you discover it (laughs) <laughs> you're just like oh all right well now like i'm just gonna do this now like this is my uh my social activity or whatever like i'm gonna yeah. go to these shows every weekend and like you see the same people and um it was just yeah i mean it was like it was fun uh so then so then fast forward you know like uh i ended up moving out to la and i work in tv and um and i have a bunch of friends who work in the business uh and about, I'd say like five years ago, maybe, uh, like whenever the, uh, the whole like anniversary tour thing kind of started with this group of bands, um, I started going to those anniversary shows when, when they would come through LA and, and then like you see people who are like all kind of the, like, you know, like my age kind of just like reliving their, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. but, but it's like, but like, it's not like some of those kind of like, uh. I don't want to say, I mean, clearly there's a element of nostalgia, right? But it was it, but like, it wasn't just some like fad or like a manufactured thing. So 
you know, like originally. So therefore, like, I don't like it, it goes beyond nostalgia, you know, for me. And I think for a lot of the people who are into it. So um, that kind of like, like lit the spark because I noticed, you know, I was sitting around like 30, you know, and then uh, and then when the, these things were starting, because I remember I, I, I went to the, the, the first like anniversary show I, I think I went to was uh, Jimmy Eat World Clarity. Mm-hmm. It was like the 10 year, like, like 2009. Yeah. And I was like, uh, and it kind of like, you know, I'd always like listened to this music the whole time. Like, it's not like I ever stopped listening to it, but seeing all, seeing the other people there and like kind of reliving it live and stuff. And then, you know, saves the day started doing them and like went to a starting line one and that kind of got the wheels going. And then basically a few years ago or a couple years ago, I just, uh, things were kind of like lining up in my career. I had some like time off and I had enough money, frankly, uh, to like kind of start up a little like side thing. And then I just started, I was like, I looked around and I realized like, you know, like no one's really done a documentary about this like specific wave. There is, um, there's like bits and pieces and like a few docs, they kind of, uh, I mean, there have been some like band biography type stuff that, you know, but that's different. Um, like a lot of like self-produced, like New Fun Glory did one and like Starting Line did one. And, yeah. um, but, uh, I was like, well, no one's really like attempted to kind of like put this whole movement in context historically, um, and kind of try to arrive at some conclusions about like what it was all about and like what it meant, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, well, you, you know what? Can I curse on this? Yeah, of course. <laughs> curse away. Uh, I was like, eh, fuck it. I'm going to do it, you know? So, um, sorry, I'm from New England, so I, I curse a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, so I decided I was going to do it. And then I just started kind of, I, I knew like a few people kind of like around that I had like been like quote in the scene with. And then, but honestly, I just started like reaching out to people on like Facebook and Instagram. Well, on, on Facebook at first. Uh, and then the first person who responded to me was uh, Fred Mascherino from um, Taking Back oh, yeah. Sunday, Breaking Pangea, his own band, Color Fred. <laughs> like he was the first person who like reached out to me after I'd made the website and then I kind of like... Uh, I didn't even have the trailer yet because this is this is before I even shot anything. I mean, did you had you done much in terms of planning at all, or was it literally just starting to put put the feelers out and see what see what the yeah, reaction was? Because yeah, so like I said, I work in TV, so I kind of so I, I was kind of approaching it from like a development mindset where what you do is you basically just you have an idea and then you just start to you got to like create something first, like a little um, like pitch reel, right? to like start to, to, to use to, to get interest. And at first I thought, you know, I was like, oh, well, I'll pitch this as like a series. I had a whole plan at first. It was going to be kind of like a Netflix type of like a, like a travel series. Um, okay. That uh, uh, I was going to go to like the various hubs, like, like where this, this uh, wave started, like New Jersey and like Chicago suburbs and South Florida, you know, and have like a host and have them go and like explore each scene like individually and do like a history thing and blah, blah. Uh, and I, <laughs> and I thought I could like pitch it to the people at like Hulu or whatever and like get money from them. Yeah, no, uh, 
I pitched it to a couple like of the music networks that are left on TV, mm-hmm. and one of them like he like he like the dude literally said to me he was like, if it's not about hip hop we're not interested. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's that's yeah. literally what he said, and he wasn't being like a, 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 he didn't say it in some like dickish way. He just was being very matter of fact. Like yeah, we don't really care. So uh, I was like, okay, well, being a parent, then I'd do it myself if I was going to do this. So, so yeah. So then I, uh, I don't know, like in depth film to get here, but so then I had a friend who uh, a producer friend of mine that I like uh, have known for like a little while. Like we played like rec softball together and like basketball. That's like how I knew him basically. But um, he just like emailed me one day and he's like, hey, like, have you ever talked to um, Steve Sabosley from like Punchline? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, uh, it's like, no, no, I haven't. So then he hooked me up with Steve. Were you, were you a fan of Punchline prior to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I must have seen them at some point, but so. I've seen so many shows. Like I saw so many shows in that era that, 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 that I just like paid at the door for that I, that I don't even know. <laughs> you know like <laughs> i wish now like especially now because i'll interview people who just like keep like ticket stubs and like fl- you know like flyer they like take flyers and they and and they've kept them for like 20 25 years i'm i'm, I'm i wasn't that, that kind of person so i don't really have that much of stuff of, of my own other than like whatever's in the old noggin um but uh anyway so uh, and then Steve was like, I run this company that does like crowdfunding, uh, for like mostly music related stuff, you know, that he runs yeah. with, with their manager, Jim and it's called, uh, enjoy craft services. And he's like, yeah, you know, and he's like, I feel like I have a, like kind of like a personal stake in this just because you're basically like talking about me, you know? So, um, so like we want to help you and like run a Kickstarter. So then I did a Kickstarter and it and it and it worked, you know, thankfully. Um, and then yeah, and then I like shot enough, but I like shot all the stuff in that trailer that I have up before that. Actually, like I just just went on my own and I managed to get like enough stuff to kind of like put together that in order to propel it forward to sell the idea to get more money or whatever. So um, so yeah, so now we're sitting here. That was in October. I went out and I shot a bunch of stuff after that. Uh, I used all that money on production pretty much. Um, and, uh, and then COVID. So, uh, right. yeah. <laughs> so I have, you know, at this point I have like, I got about like 70 something interviews, I think between like what I shot in person and, uh, kind of like what I've kind of like managed to get remotely at this point. I have done a few like since like the summertime, uh, when things kind of seemed a little bit better here, uh, mm-hmm. I did a few things like outdoors, like kind of COVID safe or whatever with some, with, with, with a few more people. But, um, yeah, I pretty much haven't shot anything like full bore since like, uh, February. So who did you, who did you get in person kind of pre COVID then? Uh, I mean, I've, I've been pretty, I'm pretty fortunate. I got like, most uh, most everyone that I like wanted artist wise, I've gotten. So I've gotten like Chris Connolly from Saves the Day was a big one. I've had to have. I had like a, a feature on them. They were they're like one of my favorite bands. And Through Being Cool was like a very like seminal, you know, like record for everything that came after. Um, uh, Chad from Newfound Glory, um, Chris Caraba, you know, Dashboard. Um, I mean, I got 
Frank Aero from MyChem, which was pretty awesome. We went yeah, to the we, we we did it at their like rehearsal space they had here, like when they were rehearsing to go out on their comeback tour. Oh, okay. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was like literally like the week, like ten days before, basically everything just like shut, like the world shut down. Yeah, and then like a lot of like local, like the big local players, like in the scene, like Mike Dubin, uh, Christian McKnight is a, a, a promoter in Long Island. Um, I interviewed Vinny from Movie Life, um, Travis from Piebald. Uh, I got all of Piebald later, actually, the whole band. Um, I mean, I you know, if you throw out names, like mm. I I probably interviewed them at this point, which is probably the majority of our guests we've had on, which is kind of. <laughs> I don't sound like, you know, whatever, yeah. but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, the only people that I haven't gotten yet are like Fall Out Boy. I haven't gotten anyone from Fall Out Boy. I'm working on it. Or, uh, Alkaline Trio. There's another band I wanted to interview that I haven't gotten anyone. I managed mm-hmm. to get Matt Pryor kind of like remotely recently, which was, which, which was awesome. He was another one I really wanted, you know, I was, I, you know, I really wanted to get, um, I noticed he was on your podcast too. Um, he was, he was. Yeah. And then just a lot of bands that, were kind of around uh, like the local Boston bands, uh, kicking the head, Big D in the kids' table. And then it's funny, like once once I started getting into it, uh, and like it started to snowball, because like, like once you interview one person, they tell somebody, or you they hook you up mm-hmm. with somebody, right? Uh, I started to like go to stu- to go to shows around that were happening, and like I just lucked out that 2019 was like a big year for like a lot of these bands were doing tours you know the ones that were still just active were were touring because they just happened to have records out yes yeah, so we had the through being cool and like 20 yeah. year anniversary which chris is so fucking nice like it was like weird he's been like i wasn't expecting like i was expecting to basically uh and i don't know why because I knew where all these guys came from and like, they're not like rock stars, you know, like that's like the main thing. Of course. Uh, yeah. That's like yeah. a big, like part of it. And they're just like, they all came up together and like, they all know each other and they're friends and they've kind of like stayed that way, you know, for the most, you know, as everyone I've met, it seemed. Um, and Chris has been like so nice. He's like hooked me up with other people and he basically, uh, I got to go, um, two things. He like, do you know, uh, you guys know uh, this? Uh, it's this like hardcore band called H Two O. You've heard of them? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Toby yeah, um, yeah, Toby. I got to go to Toby's house with Chris. Oh, nice. To like do their po- to do his podcast, and he let me like like film it and stuff. This oh, was right shit. before. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. This was like right before um, the uh, through being cool anniversary shows they did here in California. And so we did that, and then Chris got me, like, a all-access pass. I got to go to the show and, like, record it um, and, like, go backstage and stuff, which was kind of cool, which it's funny. And, and, like, Vinny was there. They, they like, he opened to, like, a solo thing. And uh, so, like, he saw me back there, and he was like, oh, hey, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And then oh, nice. um, <laughs> Hot Rod Circuit yeah. opened, too. That was, like, that was cool. I'd interviewed, well, okay. actually, that was right before I interviewed Mike Porman. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then, like, Gabe Supporter was there, and then I interviewed him, like, a few weeks later. Um, how's, how's he doing these days? He, he seems to be doing, doing great. He has his own, like, management company now. Oh, right, um, okay. Called uh, 
what's it called? Uh, oh, it's oh, it's called the Artist Group. Yeah. So he has his own management company called the Artist Group, um, and uh, so like we did it there in his office, um, and uh, he was great. I interviewed a couple other guys from Midtown too, Rob Hit and um, and uh, Tyler. Nice. Uh, nice. In Brooklyn, I went to New York to shoot some stuff, and. Um, yeah, they had some good stories, you know, like they're kind of like the uh, storytellers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ro- Rob's a talker, definitely, in a good way. Yeah, so I forget what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, so so, so, so 2019, so then, but on, on top of that, he had like, Drew, uh, Drew Theory did did some shows, did like a little tour, like acoustic tour with like Brett and Josh. Right. I met up with them. Uh this band called No Motive. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the waiting hurt. Yeah, yeah. I remember that being yeah. a big song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. Um, they 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 did some like twenty year reunion shows uh, out here for um, that album and the Sadness Prevails. So I got to interview them, and that was like that was maybe like the single most like fun interview, I guess. Oh yeah, because like the interview, because of just like, so we go down to this place called Chain Reaction mm-hmm. in uh, Anaheim. Yeah, which is like, which unfortunately has closed due to all this. They like couldn't now now you know I don't know if maybe they'll be able to come back eventually, hopefully, but but as of now they're like they're closed, like it's right. closed, and I've seen people they're like. There, there are, are some like funding things to try to like, you know, keep them alive or whatever. I've seen some people promoting, um, uh, but they're like, I don't remember when they opened. They opened in like right around this time, like the turn of the millennium, I think. And it became just kind of like a stop for all these bands, yeah, um, yeah. you know, on their tours, like yeah. to, to 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 California, Southern California. So we got to go there because they were playing a show there. Me and my friend Brian, uh, who kind of helped me out on like when I went traveling, right? Uh, and um, we we went there. Uh, it was funny. Like the drummer Pat, he was like, <laughs> I was kind of coordinating with him, and he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I talked to the venue. Like they said, it's totally cool. Like, you can come and like just hang out, and you know, like you can shoot the show and stuff. I'm like, great. And then <laughs> he was like, the only, you know, like, they said, everything's cool. Just, you know, just uh, no stage diving. And I'm like, okay. okay, I think I can, I, I can manage that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to stage dive with my 38 year old body and uh, <laughs> like this, like, you know, camera equipment. So, um, and then we went, we like interviewed them backstage and it was like, it was one of those things where we like met them and it was like, uh, it was like we like they had they had met us before, or something, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, hey, you, you know, like, you know, how's it going?" And we just like hung out with them like the whole night, and we just like filmed all the stuff of them like getting ready like backstage, and then we like shot the show and we had two cameras, so like it was really cool. Um, and it was just like just like a fun show. It, it, like it's such like an underrated album, you, you know. Like you know, to, to, to me personally, at that I'm sure. glad we got to. Yeah kind of give them a little, you know, like a little feature. Um, that was fun. And then, uh, and then we went to New York and New Jersey and I went to Nashville. 
um, which is a real cool city. I just recommend whenever like you guys can travel again, like freely, um, checking out Nashville if you can. Uh, great, great music city. Uh, and that's where I did Chad from Newfound Glory and, um, Jack from Bayside and a few other people, uh, Will Pugh, who I noticed you guys interviewed him too. That was fun. Recently. Yeah. Um, couple other people that's where i actually finally like interviewed steve sabosley like okay finally even though he lives in in uh, in pennsylvania like around pittsburgh uh he like met me there and that was when we actually did his interview <laughs> uh was like there um and then i was gonna get caraba too but that didn't really work out at the time but thankfully <clears throat> i he they were going on their 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 20-year tour as well Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to see them, uh, again in Anaheim at, at like, 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 like Disney, like the house of blues or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I got to interview him there. So, so that was cool. Um, he was very, he, he's very much like a presence of all the people that I interviewed. He's like the only one where I, you kind of walk in and you're like, it, it, like, it felt like you're <laughs> like, like it felt different. Like it felt like you're with somebody you know what i mean like and i'm not saying that as like a knock on anybody else but everyone's just like so i don't know the vibe was different like he definitely has like this like air of like austerity around him okay um and it's like yeah you know so that was interesting but but at the same time he was totally nice and like chill and uh or chilled i should say for you guys right (laughs) Yeah. yeah um and uh he he gave us like an hour, which was very very generous because it was right before like the show and okay that's cool. He gave us a beer afterwards, so that was that was nice. Nice because um, all these guys kind of kind of came from the same. They they all like came up together, and that's like another thing like that camaraderie of like that history they all have. You yeah. Know? Uh, just they all they all like know each other for mm-hmm. for like twenty twenty five years. Like it's crazy to think about. It's like. It's like a career, you know, it would be like if you worked in like a post office, you know, for like 30 years and like you just kept it like you just, you know, and like you had this like all star cast of like postal workers (laughs) who like all kind of like put the like put their dues and all together at the same time, like doing their routes. And now they and like they all just like graduate to this like level, but they all like stayed that way and they they all like know each other like it's like it's crazy in, t- in terms funny. of kind of how your your interviews and how how your interviews have progressed kind of as you've gone on of has, has that kind of organically changed as you kind of start to stitch together stories from you know their, their history together or i mean i i guess for us when we go into our interviews we're kind of it's you we it's always trying to kind of strike a balance between kind of some planning and some questions, but mm-hmm. allowing kind of those interviews to, uh, I guess, naturally kind of, kind of go in it in, in whichever direction they, they should or need to. I mean, how's, how's that worked out for you in terms of kind of planning your interviews and how they've maybe changed as you've, you've kind of gone through it. Yeah. Uh, initially I was trying to plan it. Yeah. You know, like plan it out. Yeah. I, was, I had a list. I had like a four page list of like in like minute detail questions 
yeah. after like two interviews, I was like, all right, well, like this is useless because we just start talking. <laughs> and then first of all, in, in like the first answer, you know, cause like, you know, you know like I realized like these, these are people who are storytellers and performers and like are comfortable talking. Right. So it's not like I need to pull teeth with anybody. So yeah. once they get going, they just start like saying, so like, the first question, you're like, tell me about where you grew up, you know, like answers <laughs> maybe like five or six of the questions, right? Like, yeah, in that, yeah, like three yeah, minute, you know, answer. So I basically like at this point, well, at this point now, um, I, I'm able to like everyone left who I want to interview. It's to like plug holes and to just right. like add like a little, you know, add like one more person from this or whatever. So at this point, like I, it's a little different, like, especially if I'm doing the ones I've done like remotely, like, uh, like, you know, like I, um, like Jason Tate who like founded, um, absolutepunk.net. Yeah. 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 We've, we've spoken to Jason before. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, he's in Portland and yeah. he, he like filmed some stuff himself and sent it to me. Oh, and, that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, I basically just like because of his like role was so specific, you know, in this, that was like not hard. I basically gave him a set of like eight questions or whatever it was. Sure. Uh, and, and, you know, and it was very kind of, uh, you know, specific, like he still like gave me like, you know, some like nuggets in his answers or whatever that were like interesting that I didn't anticipate. But that's the thing, like everyone's always going to like say something on their own that, you know, uh, that, I didn't think about asking or whatever. Of course. Now, like you have to do some research, obviously. Like I, like I do, like research on everyone before I interview, and just like make sure that I know, you know, uh, that I have just in mind every, like anything that I could possibly want mm-hmm. to ask them about. Yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, so it's definitely gotten like, like it's 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 more focused now. Anyone I talk to. Um, and uh, also something that I can't say that I regretted at all or because I had to get them when I got them, but like due to COVID and stuff. Um, but I do wish like the like ex- the the, uh, the the experts, you know, at, like as I'm calling them, like authors, journalists, stuff like that. I have like very long interviews that uh they weren't bad by any means, but I do wish like now that I've started to put together the, like the story, you know, in, in post, like actually like editing it now and seeing like how I'm laying it out. I do wish that I had like been able to be to like time those better so that I could ask some like very specific questions I want to get like them to weigh in on, you know what I mean? And, uh, the gaps, you know, you you need it. Yeah. Cause I have a lot of people who like say a lot of the same stuff, um, which is fine, but I do wish I could have like known it's like, okay, well I need like somebody to like answer like this, this, this like specific thing that like has come up, (laughs) right. That like, I want them to address that like people have talked about. That kind yeah. of thing. So, luckily, I'm planning on interviewing um, an author who's written a bunch of books, worked for AP. Uh, right. um, it's supposed to be next next week. I think. Uh, give you a little hint. It's a she. 
Um, okay. And okay. I think we're just going to go sit in my backyard, like on the patio. <laughs> and I'll just like, you know, I'll like I have like I'm with, with that. I'm like armed with like, OK, I'm definitely going to focus on these albums and these like blah, 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 blah. And then I have like some very specific things based off what other people have said already right, for her to like right. weigh in on. Um, so, you know, but that doesn't mean that what I've gotten is wasted by any means. Cause a lot of people just kind of brought up some of their own theories and stuff that like, you know, like, or some of their own takes that I, you know, that, uh, I'm going to put in there. Cause you know, that's just people's, t- you know, like I'm, I'm just like collecting people's viewpoints and I'm, you know, from the, as far as the aspect of like, you know, what does this mean? And like, what, you know, like what's their legacy that, you know, like stuff like that. I think we yeah. we 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 do that with a lot of I, I guess I guess in terms of you definitely see, um, you know a lot of these bands that are kind of gone on to majors and then, mm-hmm. um, their relationship with the industry and the major labels, you know, fizzling out. I guess as the, as the scene started to kind of fizzle out a bit, I guess really, so it's definitely, yeah, yeah, been interesting. So I have some questions for you guys. Can I ask you some questions because I'm interested? Of course. About the like being in the uk like what all right first of all can i guess we're based on accents where you guys are from yeah of course sorry we we not we normally say this at the start of the interview but like just uh, because we were setting up that zoom like we forgot to so yeah get guess away please okay so chris yeah i'm gonna guess is like i fucked this up already but (laughs) all right (laughs) nick you sound like you're from the north Am I am I correct? Yes, northeast. Yes, Newcastle, Newcastle, Newcastle. Yeah, Jordy, Jordy. That's I got you pegged. There you go. Uh, <laughs> ten out of ten. Chris, um, little, a little more like, uh, I don't know. Not obviously. It's not like clear to me. Like there's there's like certain like I. It's kind of funny. Like I was always like. Uh, I mean, I was like a, a teenager. I was, I was like a bit of like an anglophile a little bit. Okay. Um, because like my, I, I was like super into the Beatles. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like really, uh, like the Who, you know, like cla- like 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 classic bands. Yeah. And then um, um, I was uh, I've always been like interested uh in like England and like I'm like uh I'm part Irish too so okay. um I have like a like a ancestral connection to the area so yeah. uh, well the area to to to, to Ireland yeah. um yeah and uh it, yeah it's funny but like but recently my wife and I have been watching like the Love Island <laughs> thing <laughs> <laughs> oh, just no. cuz like in like quarantine we're like well let's let's yeah, watch Love yeah, Island yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a friend who's like a stuntman and he was in England for like almost a year, maybe, you know, I don't know, like a couple years ago, uh, like working on like this, uh, like one of the Spider-Man movies. And, okay. um, and he was like, it's like, you guys should watch like Love Island. Like people here are like obsessed <laughs> with it. So we started watching it. So now like my wife and I will like listen to people's accents and like, and like try to like peg like where they're from, like. Okay. okay, they sound like they're from Essex for sure, you know, whatever. 
So. Go on, do you, do you want to take a stab at where, where mine is? It's kind of, I mean, you're right, it's my. It's kind of generic, basically. Uh, it's not, you couldn't really, because basically, so I'm I'm based in London, but I'm not from yeah. London, but I'm, I'm from a place called Brighton on the in, on the southeast coast, and like, okay. Br- Brighton accent's kind of like... Yeah, pinball wizard. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of like just the generic accent of like that whole broad southeast accent is kind of, yeah, mm. so that's kind of what I have. You, well, did, you did spend a lot of time in the northeast, which I did. Which yeah. you I lived in the northeast for years. Didn't yeah, pick that's, up well, any that's of the how, accent. That's... I did not. I did not. <laughs> no. But that's how we know I'm just, each other. <laughs> I'm just kind of fascinated with it, like the idea, because to like hear people talk about accents there is like is is like really funny for us because uh, for us it's like there's like the southern accent, right? And then there's yeah, like of course. And then there's like New York, Boston have their own accents. Yeah. But what's funny, you know, and then even California, like California has an act, like has an accent, uh, right? You, which I, you can definitely like perceive if you if if you listen to it enough. But uh, you know, I guess you only have to kind of travel, especially in the nor the nor northern England, you only have to travel an hour to to have to hear a completely completely different accent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny. Don't have to move. So, forward. like, uh, so I'm kind of curious, like, what? So, like, you guys are also kind of in like mid late thirties, or like, yeah, or yeah. I'm I'm yeah. 38, and Nick, Nick, okay. what are you? 38 yesterday. 38 oh, yesterday. Happy yeah. birthday! There you go. Thank you, thank you. Um, and yeah, Nick's a couple of years younger than me. What are yeah, you? You you you're coming on 36 early next year, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. 36 March. Yeah. Okay. So, what, so are you? You're around. You mentioned being 38 re- when yeah. you were telling a story from last year. So you must be. Round about my age, if not a year yeah. older or something. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I'm curious. So, like, when all this was happening, who was like the first? Because, like, obviously, like a lot of this stuff s- started extremely locally. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, like in like VFW halls and stuff in like New Jersey. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious. Like, at what point? Like, who was the first band that you guys that kind of like made it over there that like you heard about? So my route into it was firstly. Uh, hearing what's my age again on the radio, summer mm, of '99, yeah. and then seeing Blink, who were, who had Phoenix TX opening up for them, and this was like in early 2000. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. via that, I, I discovered Drive Through Records, and then that led yeah. me to like Midtown, Newfound Glory. So that was that was my route, and it was a couple of years later that then like Sum 41 blew up, and Newfound mm-hmm. got a lot of traction over here. Uh, how was it for you, Nick? Who, was it was it I mean, Blink initially for you? You were being yeah, a couple years I mean, younger. Go, or was it different? Probably before Blink, it was I, I guess Dookie and Nimrod, the Green Day right, albums yeah. initially, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously Blink into that. But I, I guess it was the like Chris said, it was the drive through blow up over here. So that drive through scene really, um, yeah, I guess blew up quite big in the UK as well. Um, mm, yeah, and I I can't remember who we talked to, Chris. Um, Someone, someone we interviewed that was on the drive-through roster talked about how there was a really good connection with um, from drive-through with the kind of UK publicists and. Um, I, I th- yeah, I feel like it might have been Vi- was it Vinny because you know how he loves Vinny. the UK. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's also seems like a bit of an anglophile himself. So. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely fair to say. But yeah, that drive, I guess the 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 drive the those early drive through bands really Chris saves, mm. you know, Phoenix TX and Midtown and you know starting like yeah. new fans starting to come through and yeah. Yeah, I guess that's when it's It's funny just cuz like you know cuz that that era was still, you know, it's not like now 
where you could literally like, I want to know what's happening in, you know, uh, like, I mean, you know, like you could become an expert from afar in like, <laughs> you know, what's going on in like Denmark, Holland, you know, like all these cool. places just from anywhere because of the internet. Right. And yeah. like Spotify yeah. and Bandcamp and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm interested like that's that's basically been like a theme of the doc is like how has that like changed basically uh well like music discovery is like totally different now yeah um yeah. in terms of um obviously like if it's basically like it used to be whoever you know like you're saying drive through right like drive through decided like we're going to you know like consciously make an effort to to make an effort in the UK right <laughs> like yeah. they like they they made that choice um, but like, but like victory records or whatever, like maybe didn't, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, vagrant or, you know, or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like any of the other ones, uh, like labels around, mm -hmm. but like, it's also interesting to, to just get that perspective, like get, get your perspective on it when, um, as somebody who like went to, uh, cause like they used to have a lot of like local, like regional festivals, like every year yeah. where there would be like a hundred bands. Kind of like, you know, like, like, like slam dunk or like, you know, something like that. Sure. And, uh, except it was like, well, except not really like slam dunk because with slam dunk, it now it's, again, it's hard to compare because you're basically pulling from like, you know, everywhere and it's mostly bands that have, that, that are already there. But, um, but like there's like all these bands we, that, that we'd see that were literally from like the town, like next over. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah. So like you just have that like different like you like you got all that and then like you notice like the bands that like got out of there and like went on to like expand and then it's funny to think about like that's what the that's what people in other places that like they were pulled out of this kind of like soup right that was right. that that was going on that was like that was just a mixture of where this where this band was just like an element of it right you know. And then, but they get pulled out and then it's funny to think about like just how things develop and then that band becomes like representative. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like we talk a lot about Blink too in this because they're definitely not like from the, like from this scene that, I, that mm -hmm. I'm like focusing on, mm -hmm. but, but they were like around obviously and they, and they like hit their peak commercially, like right, <laughs> like exactly in this era like right. 99 2000 2001 so and they also put, but like they were at like a different stage in their career by then versus like midtown or thursday or you know like yeah. any of those bands so um i haven't i tried to get tom DeLong to <laughs> do right. an interview yeah, yeah yeah he was like i was like i really want to interview him but i got turned down initially um but you know we'll see uh, but like, that's an interesting thing because they were kind of, when people think about pop punk, especially now, and they think about like class, like, it's funny to think about them as like, as like classic, right? you know, or like yeah. Green Day, but like Green Day is kind of like morphed into something different, kind of the way that Fall Out Boy has, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting to hear. Um, but hearing all that, it kind of like spurred because 
I've heard a, like a bunch of bands from the UK. Uh, I mean, there's like uh, Neck Deep is uh, you know I guess probably like the most famous one now, right? Yeah, yeah. Like out of the UK, there's and there's been a few like sort of Neck Deep clones and um, mm-hmm. who've, who've done really well. Like um, yeah, like uh, like, like Blood signed a bunch of them. Uh, yeah, Moose mm-hmm. Blood were, were big for a while, and then there's like bands like Rome and Milk Teeth did all right. As it is, people like that. Yeah, mm. they seem like the sort of early two twenty uh, tens scene kind of started yeah. to do well in America. Yeah, right? so it's yeah. funny. Like there was kind of like a resurgence, um, and it was coming from not just here, but like the like the UK had yeah. a little boom yeah. too. But yeah. it's funny to think about like because of the difference in the industry, it's like it didn't get the same kind of like. Uh, universal traction, right? right? Because it's because now things are all kind of like in their own lane, is like in terms of the industry and like the like the pop industry is just like uninterested in rock music, basically. Yeah, it's true. Or if they are, it's like they're they're only interested in like oh well, let's hear like Machine Gun Kelly's take on it, like <laughs> you, you know what I mean. <laughs> Like they're yeah, yeah. interested in like I was just I, I was just gonna ask you what you yeah I was just gonna bring that up. Um, I mean, you know what? Uh, it's fine. Like, I like that somebody who's fifteen, uh, now can is at least gonna hear something that sounds like you know like a rock band like you know and like maybe yeah. like it and maybe maybe that'll make them interested in like learning something. Um, yeah. but yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm. I definitely like uh, me personally. Um, I I'm still listening to like all this old music. I listen to a lot of like '90s music. Right. I grew up, uh, you know, like my dad was like, well, well, well uh, both my parents were like very, you know, into music, and they like would play music a lot. And my dad was like, you know, he has like this pretty like epic record collection with like all like original Beatles records and like. Uh, you know zeppelin and like all these but you know like classic bands um and i kind of grew up on that and which is funny because i feel like that's different for a couple of reasons another reason why i think it's important to like uh to document things like this is that culture is moving so much faster now right i mean when i was a kid we were still making references to like you know the 60s or whatever and, you know, like if you think about it now, that, you know, I mean, that would be the same as like somebody who's like 15 now, you know, like actively referencing something in like the 70s, right? And it's like, they're not. I think now, I mean, we've talked about it before, Chris, the, the, the accessibility of music now kind of, there's less pressure on, I guess, people growing up and discovering music now to kind of pencil hole them or um, you know pigeonhole them or put them in a scene or attach yourself to a scene Um, and and i guess you know we i guess when we were growing up you you'd have to spend your money on you know buying buying music (laughs) and you know you would you would gravitate to that scene that you you know you'd spend your money on Um, but now i guess there's 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 definitely less pressure um with with how how accessible music is and that cross genre and not to be kind of stuck to a certain genre yeah. i guess now I'll, I'll tell you something else kyle that's that that, that struck me as uh strange for the modern era as well so 
on the, the the episode we've just put out. I mean, the main interview was was Shane from Valencia, but at the, in in our intro bit that we we record, um, this band from Florida had reached out. This new band called Magnolia Park. Um, mm-hmm. That you know they they've got the hell a new single out with they had Kellen Quinn on or whatever, so they wanted to promote that, and we were just like, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, come on for a, a quick chat in our intro, no worries. So we you know just did a very quick interview with with one of them, and like they, they've been a band like a year or something, and you know, so for obvious reasons they haven't played many shows this year, and he was just mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, but playing shows isn't really important to us. We just need to get our social media game on mm-hmm. as good as it can be and that's the most important thing and it was just like wow this is a different era we're living in you know yes i've i've, I've heard a lot of that it, it, it like works backwards now it's like they you know it used to be you just started playing shows because that's what you had yeah. to do to get people to hear you you know mm-hmm. yeah and there was like just local I, I mean, everything was just more i don't know more it was just more local, more like in person, more tactile, more you know, uh, yeah. It was like things are just different. The calculations, like the calculations, different. Um, the scene is like kind of. I mean, my own personal take. I know that there are areas where there are you know, like especially for like hardcore in particular. Mm-hmm. There are there are for sure still like local scenes out there, like Philadelphia and stuff like that. But or like or Boston. I mean, I'm sure New York mm-hmm. still has like kind of like a local thing. But for but but like let's but let's get real. It's like the scene is basically like nationalized, internationalized. Look like sure. these bands from like there's like a lot of of like newer bands from like Australia, in particular. I've noticed yeah, yeah coming yeah. out and and also like the term the scene, you know. It's funny we talk about a lot about how <laughs> I have like I don't know how many <laughs> how many bites I, I should do a string out of like the bites I have from everybody saying like oh like the coolest thing was that you you know th- like it was almost like genreless you know in this era <laughs> because people you know and you go to a a bill you know go to a show and there would be like a hardcore band and a ska band and then like a pop punk band and blah 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 I could make like an hour long doc of just like everyone I have just like saying that because like everyone <laughs> has said that and it's like true, but, uh, now it's almost like they use the scene to basically just like encompass kind of everything that's not kind of like butt rock or, <laughs> or like, <laughs> I mean, anything that can be dubbed like quote unquote alternative, like is basically now like, weirdly in just like the scene it seems and that encompasses now like metal cores like in that and uh yeah, yeah, yeah whatever you call like um something like the amity affliction like for example is like yeah yeah like the first band that comes to mind and it, it, it's basically everything that i don't know if you ever watched the punk rock nba finn mckenty on youtube but yes. everything he he covers yeah, yeah. basically yeah right it's like very wide and it's like even more like it's like even less uh, focused, it seems. But at the same time, I don't know. Something that I want to talk about, uh, and I think this is a a result of um, this is a result of uh, like the internet for sure, hundred percent, and like Instagram stuff like that, and, and like the backwards nature, and like how hard it is to get noticed now. Um, 
is and like stand out is that like it's funny there's like a lot of talk about like um i have like the fact that a lot of these kids who did this it was like a place they would like literally go to the dfw hall or the like rec center or whatever and it was just a bunch of like other outcasts in their town that like weren't cool and like didn't fit in with the jocks didn't didn't fit in you know whatever they weren't exactly like nerdy in a certain sense so like they couldn't even you know fit in with like the D D crowd but they were like their own brand of something like kind of like in between and like they weren't cool you know what i mean like it wasn't right. like cool to anyone outside of that and now yeah. it's interesting you look at like you, it seems like uh that's not the case anymore like there's like uh you know you see the pictures of these bands that come out and like they have like almost like their their like tattoos are like designed almost right and like right they're all in like fat they're fashion conscious and like they're attractive and you know they like you know they have like a cool era you know and like it's like cool well there's a massive negative side to that as well isn't there in terms of mental health and people's self-esteem and you know this i mean my, my my wife works in children's mental health and um you know how that's changed now and how you know, young kids uh, uh, kind of view themselves and view people their age that they see on social media and what have you. It's, it's you know, it's obviously it gets quite damaging as well in some respects, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have a couple kids, and like the the world they're growing up in, and like really is really is completely different now. Mm, right. Um, in that sense, uh, and they're. Uh, you know, I mean, they're young still. They're they're you know like five and two, so right. I mean, they're not in it yet. But but like it, but I mean, fast forward with how fast like like I like I said earlier, the, like how fast culture moves now. Um, I don't know like what <laughs> like what things are gonna be like in like ten years when you know the older ones like fifteen and uh, what what basically you know how youth like what culture what youth culture is going to be like but i think we're definitely at a like we've finally gotten to the point where like there's a lot of stuff that's art that's being like you know forgotten or like younger kids don't know about and that's different like when we were and you know maybe it's different in like the uk and other countries i don't know but here in the u.s i mean basically like I was, I'm, I'm like conversant in like TV shows that were, that, that like originally aired in like the sixties, right? Right. (laughs) Which is weird. And, you know, like growing, like growing up in the eighties or whatever and, uh, in the nineties because like culture just wasn't moving that fast and like things lasted for longer. Right. Yeah. I remember like albums used to like, people will be talking about albums like five years after they came out and like, they'd still be kind of like talking about them and they'd still be relevant and now it's like really hard like people aren't even like releasing albums they're just doing singles like you know and uh or like just like eps um a lot of new artists and uh it's it's like different and like there still isn't and there isn't it there doesn't seem to be that same uh i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but that same desire or like 
effort to like uh kind of like keep keep young people you know like cognizant of 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 that stuff right you know like right. as they're growing up and like find their own thing to like to like know about what what happened 20 years ago kind of thing um and i don't know if that really matters or if you know or if it's just like that's what you know the boomers did because the boomers were so self-absorbed but <laughs> and like whatever their like their shit's like the most important thing in the world and therefore like <laughs> we have to know all about it too um but it's funny like i feel as though i, I don't know if i'm alone in in this but I, but but i kind of feel like that so like i i play all this music for my kids and like one of my rules from the from from the beginning when when like we're having kids is i was like i'm not i'm not listening to like kids music like we're, <laughs> like like you know the, uh, i'm going to play them like real music and um meaning just like adult music like actual yeah. music and, and like, i'm not going to just you know anything um, that's gone down well with them uh you know what's funny uh yes for sure they 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 both really like um well, like as far as yeah, so like as far as like stuff from this you know genre we're talking about, yeah, uh, the younger one like really likes Silverstein, <laughs> which is hilarious. I put it on, um, and uh, she's she like I put it on, and then she she like gets a smile on her face and and starts getting up and like and like jumping up and down on the couch and stuff like she loves it, um, yeah. To like Silverstein, uh, I'll put on like Blink. They like, they like Blink, but that makes sense, right? Like it's like you know, it's like poppy and jumpy and yeah, very catchy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, but like Silver, but like it's funny. Like the oh, and they actually uh, they like Bayside too. Actually, oh, really? Okay. Lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I'm gonna make an effort to to just keep this stuff alive with you know my kids and uh i don't know what like teens are doing now but hopefully at least uh you know my kids will like it and they'll tell their friends and yeah. then they yeah. and then they tell their friends Good and, they tell, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then there's at, at least like it's like kept alive and as like part of the record you know like so to speak um <laughs> where they like know about it and they know their history. Basically, they know their music history, and they're not just li- you know, listening to like whatever's coming out on SoundCloud only. Yeah, yeah. Just so I guess we could probably wrap this up quite mm-hmm. soon. Um, but I suppose it would just make sense before we do so just to discuss where you're at with with the documentary at the minute, and like you know if if if, if there's any kind of like release date in the near future that that that's possible, and just. Because obviously you mentioned yeah. you've got you've got you've racked up so many interviews at this point. Yeah, I basically just need to get get my act together and uh, put together a cut. And it's been like weirdly difficult to like get the archival I need, like old pictures and videos and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I haven't really like focused on that, but what I need to do is I need to like put I need to cut together. Uh, like a story and then I do have some stuff but I need to but that's kind of it's like a, a job of its own so I need to like once I do that I can be like very targeted in like what I'm yeah. looking for 
versus just being like, hey, like, you know, send me pictures if you have them, you know. And yeah. then I get a bunch of like things that I can't really use in the doc for, you know. So I need to get the story together fully to to like a like a further along. And then I can make a list of like, okay, here's what I'd love to have here. And then I can like seek out stuff that way, like in a more targeted way. But mm-hmm. um but then as far as like release goes, it kind of depends on um uh it depends on on like two things. One is um the once I do have all those archival things, what kind of if I can clear them for like you know, various platforms, you sure. know what I mean? So it depends on like the scale of the release, like if so I, I did the Kickstarter and people so the people who contributed, uh I wanna give them something. Right. So what I might end up doing just because I don't want to because cause 'cause I don't want to be one of those Kickstarters that just like you know, they ne- like you never hear from them again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> of course. Like yeah, like yeah. Uh, uh, nothing ever happens. So I I really don't I'm I really do like don't want to do that to people. So um, what I might do is like just I'll I'll do everything I just said and just like put it together like how I want it to look, and then maybe like I'll I'll just give that to them to like the contributors so that they can see it. Um, so they get like a payoff for their investment. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, but then as far as like releasing stuff and like making money off it, um, that's going to be like a legal thing, uh, depending on if I want to use songs or whatever. So I, I don't really know that end of it. Um, I met someone who did another doc who, uh, told me that he, he did something, you know, like similar, like a music doc and he spent all this time like doing it, getting interviews and like he, he, he made it. And then, uh, he was gonna, he looked into like releasing or, you know, like releasing it and like clearing all of the stuff he had in it. Cause he had like a lot of like famous, you know, bands and music in it. And he yeah. was like, and I found out that it was going to cost me like $300,000 or whatever to do that. Oh, fuck. Uh, so I was like, well, so I basically just put it on a link for the for the people that I did the Kickstarter with and just gave it to them and they got to watch it. And then it's basically been, been in limbo. Um, oh, my. Because, yeah, like it's a thing, you know. I, I would hope, you know, like I could be strategic. My plan is to basically... Uh, I'm going to cut it how you like you always start with like your optimal thing right so i'm going to cut it with like whatever i want and then start there and and then we'll see because i don't know what kind of and then i gotta hire a lawyer <laughs> like to like help me um uh just kind of like determine like how much i could like just be like uh you know uh like this is fair use or whatever, like, you know, like this news story mm-hmm. or whatever, like is fair use because it's a documentary, it's informational kind of thing. You know, there's the laws are like loose, like sometimes like that, but as far as like music goes, yeah, I, I don't know. I might need to just score it with, you know, original music, uh, which yeah. would actually be cool uh, because now that I've met all these people, 
who are musicians that I like. Uh, <laughs> that'll yeah. be that'll maybe be like a cool element to add to like they you know it's it with the, like yeah, this is music. scored by you know the movie life and save the day <laughs> and stuff. So yeah. that 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 like could could actually be kind of cool. Um, but you know, time will tell. Anyway, uh, yeah, I would say my goal is to get get it out by the by sometime next year another thing that i'd love to do is um i would love to have like a premiere you know sure just like locally because that's a whole different like that's a whole different there's like a lower bar like threshold legally for that kind of thing like for like an exhibition like a limited exhibition right they'll basically let you just you know whoever buys a ticket and shows up can watch like whatever like you're like get sued you know because they hear you like a blink song in it or something um like one time but uh i would also like to ideally i would i would i would love to um try to organize kind of like a kind of like a concert to go along with it um with like a few bands and maybe get and maybe try to do like a reunion or two type of type of scenario. <laughs> That'd be very cool. Uh, I would love to do that, which obviously we cannot do right now. Um, mm-hmm. But so that's another reason why, like, you know, I'm you know maybe like next year we could be able to do that potentially. Okay. Okay. I don't well, know. Fingers crossed for that. Yeah. Yeah. Keep us in the loop um, for sure. Sure. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe we can make our way. It might be a point in the world where we could actually make our way over and come to that reunion yeah, that'd be show. Awesome. That'll be cool. Live podcast. Yeah, Live yeah. podcast <laughs> from from sunny Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, definitely be into that. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Kyle, thanks so much for doing this, man, and thanks for reaching out. And um, yeah, like Nick says, let's stay. Obviously, we're, we're linked on our sh- social media with you and stuff. So let's let's stay in touch and. Um, yeah, obviously we'll be keeping a close eye on how the documentary develops. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. And, uh, you know, I like to talk about it. Uh, I like to get the word out that it's happening. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. So, so thank you. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, we'd love it if you could subscribe to us, uh, wherever you get your podcast, whether that's iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or any, anywhere like that. Um, also check us out on social media if you, if you just search for Wasting Time Podcast on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook give us a like or a follow on any of those and also we love hearing from listeners as well so um, feel free anytime to drop us an email at the wasting time podcast at gmail.com or obviously you can message us on social media as well but um, yeah we'll catch you next time for you to arrive